morning, good afternoon, whatever time you are listening. This is the Inches Podcast again this week. I'm your co-host, Nick Lawson, co-founder of a company called Squad Sports that helps sports teams and events connect fans to sponsors digitally during breaks in the action. I'm here, as always now, with Rich Franklin. Franklin oh, geez. Franklin. We do, we do we do two weeks off for some <laughs> meetings, and uh, and it's it's already a rough one. But Rich Franklin, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks. That's and correct. Hockey team. Hockey, hockey team. League. Western Hockey League, which Rich just got back from the meetings there. Uh, seems like, I know ECHL meetings are today. Uh, we didn't head out to Vegas for those, but. What? Um, yes. Literally. Wait a minute. Literally. You're it, here in a rainy Portland, Oregon. And not in Las Vegas. As we Vegas. record this, it's raining and not in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. It's, That's dedication. They friend. do. Uh, yeah, it's a gauntlet. What WHL was two weeks ago. Uh, last week, last week, uh, Western Hockey right. League uh, uh, Board of Governors and uh, Business Conference was mm-hmm. in uh, Kelowna, BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, uh, I think it was like the tenth through the fourteenth of uh, June. Nice. It was very nice. Once I got there, yep, we were just <laughs> little travel issues on the before way. Before this, we were we were both trading some work stories on travel. Uh, AHL meetings were amazing. Uh, they were great over in Charlotte, North Carolina, where. Um, Again, Charlotte Checkers, Calder Cup champions. There you go. Uh, first time the meetings were ever hosted by the champions. So, and I understand some uh, inches podcast fans came up. There was there was engaged with you. There was the, a few uh, people that walked up and said, "Hey, we follow you on LinkedIn and listen to the podcast." So we always appreciate that. Uh, it's it's good to hear that we're we're getting into some topics that are helping teams out, and that's our goal here. Um, so that's always fun. And then, yeah, ECHL, we, we didn't head out to those ones, but that's in Vegas this year. AHL, literally, they, they do it every year. It's AHL, and then if you're a vendor that goes to both, you're on a flight that night to Las Vegas overnight usually to then set up at ECHL. I don't know how they time that or, or why wow. they time it like that, but uh, it's a fun fun time within minor league hockey. And then we have the draft this weekend. National hockey, I mean, we are recording this on uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. NHL draft is Friday and Saturday. Nice. NBA draft tonight. NBA draft is tonight. Man, it's a, it's a busy, busy, busy time. Is it drafty in here? It's a little bit, <laughs> a little, uh, a little, and then the import draft for the WHL is coming up. Yes, it pretty is pretty soon as pretty well. Quick as well. Yeah, so fun times within hockey and the NBA. A lot of good future. Baseball's in full swing. Mm-hmm. Mariners Baseball. are selling off everybody. Yep, we're. Uh, I head out July twelfth to go see client Brooklyn Cyclones. Good. Go see some games, and then we're gonna head out to OKC. Sometimes the summer, I, I think I saw Dodgers. on your uh, on your uh, LinkedIn that you were doing some good things with your new client, the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Oklahoma City Dodgers have a great scratch and win with a air and heating client, nice. which getting fans excited to win twenty five dollars off your heating and cooling. Which I assume it's hot in Oklahoma. I've never been to Oklahoma City, so it's hot. Uh, I assume that's a hot ticket. But um, but it was great to in, engage that sponsor, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably head out there sometime in July. And, Go catch those games. July in Oklahoma. July hey. in Oklahoma for baseball. It's you know I'll get the full experience. There can't, you go. Can't go out. Uh, can't go out and, and not get that full hot summer. Excellent. Uh, day there on there that side. Go. So this week, last week we chatted about, or God, last week we're actually two weeks late. Uh, I got sick for the before Rich headed to the WHL, so a little bit delay here. But two weeks ago we chatted a little bit about how for your organization sponsorship pencils out whether you're buying a, a, a digital asset, making sure that you're getting that return. This week, wanted to chat about um, 
how do you make sure that it's going to pencil out for your sponsor? Right. Making sure you're not offering a package that's way out of the realm of what their goals are for advertising and um, what what kind of dollars they can expect in return. Right. Um, so really understanding that process and, and making sure that it not only pencils out for your organization in the package, but is this actually going to bring a return of dollars or awareness or whatever that goal is to your sponsor as well. Right. Um, and it's always great when you think of a topic and then a perfect sort of article comes down the pipeline. Uh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA title, um, but they had a deal with McDonald's to, uh, I want to say every three-pointer or if they hit six three-pointers or more, then the entire stadium got free french fries. And they made that deal before they signed Kawhi Leonard. No. And literally as they traded and got Kawhi Leonard, um, they obviously scored a lot more threes. That's right. Um, and it cost, I think the number was $5.8 million worth of free fries when they were only expecting around a million and a half. Of free fries. Well, out. Uh, so talking about penciling out, I guess it's up to McDonald's of Canada to determine if that was or wasn't uh, a worthwhile thing to do. Who knows? Maybe next year it'll be ten three pointers. Right. They might but, increase uh, that. I think the big thing, though, on that side is um, people could say, "Hey, five point eight million dollars." Well, most of those fries are buy one get one freeze. Yeah. So if you really think about that, and they're buying a beverage. And Probably yeah. is someone so else too. So. The upsell there should be extremely, extremely high. But that's just kind of a, a case study there of, of really thinking about your package, thinking what McDonald's probably wanted to do, which was sell more, mm -hmm. you know, get people into the restaurant, sell more items. Build the excitement for the brand, build mm -hmm. foot traffic coming into the stores. I mean, mission accomplished on both of those counts. Yeah. So I, I and think from there it's up to them to upsell. Yep. To the customer. To get them on that side. But as Rich, as you approach sponsors, um, and kind of think about the packages you're building as far as penciling out for the sponsor. If you can, take me through that process of you know discovering what their goals are and then and then making sure that they're actually seeing the value that they want to see at the end. Well, I mean, the first thing is, you and you just said it, you want to know what the goal is. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what the expectation is uh, of what any asset, but in particular a digital asset, um, you know, what, what does success look like? That's a question that I often use uh, with a sponsor or a prospect is, you know, if we do this, what is your expected outcome? Mm -hmm. um, and then part of my job in creating happy customers, happy sponsors, is making sure that I am managing those expectations uh, so that we are meeting those expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, on the one hand, I want this to work like crazy, be successful mm -hmm. for my sponsors. I want them to be happy about it. I want them to say, this was a great deal. This was a great value. This was a great partnership. Please, please sign me up for five more years or mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you always want that. But part of my job and any seller's job in the world of sports sponsorships is to know the expectations and manage the expectations. Mm -hmm. Are they realistic? Um, in particular, are they realistic given, um, you know, what's being put into it on the front end? Mm -hmm. uh, my father, who was in uh, sports sponsorship sales for many years, had a great saying that I pull out every once in a while, and that is this. You cannot eat like a bird and crap like an elephant. Mm -hmm. All right? So if you want that big production on the back end, you've got to make sure you've got enough going in 
at the front end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you 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 want to make sure that that the expectations of the end result are in line with with the whole the whole package uh, with the uh, with the digital element itself. The other thing that you really want to make sure that you're doing um, when you're pitching something like digital is build the value, not just putting the price on it. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the difference. If I am going to pitch a, uh, let's say, a digital scratchers type of, of, um, of sponsorship opportunity uh, to one of my customers, I'm not just saying, hey, we've got this scratch uh, digital scratchers thing, and you can distribute coupons and award prizes, and it's $15,000. Mm-hmm. Wrong. You're going to say, I've got this digital scratchers product. Here's what it does. You're going to build up the value of, of, of engaging with your fan base for that sponsor. Mm-hmm. You're going to point out the fact that they can do it multiple times a day. They can do it on off nights, so you're expanding your your sponsor's ability to reach your customer, your fan base, beyond just game nights. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you want to be sure to include is what is going to be the value of all the supporting promotion to drive fans to that particular digital element. Mm-hmm. So if it's the Nick Lawson heating and cooling scratchers game, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing up heating and cooling because you will be in Oklahoma yep. in July, um, you know, it's not just the game itself. You're going to talk about the engagements through the game, but you're also going to say, hey, we're going to be doing email blast uh, in support of this. We're going to be doing a push notification in support of this. There will be a PA announcement in support of this, mm-hmm. and you will have your branding, your name associated in every single one of those. Now you're building up <clears throat> kind of the, um, the, the secondary... Value still value, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about we're going to be exposing your name and your brand in all these other areas in support of this primary area, and all that does have a value. Mm -hmm. So now you're building up the value. You're building up the value. You probably want to show what that value is, and then say this is the price. And I think you bring up a great point of confidence, right? If you walked up to a brand and said, "Hey, we're going to do digital scratchers," it's an elite. Your goal is to do, you know, ten thousand burger sales this year through this partnership. It's going to lead to ten thousand. If you just say scratchers is going to do that, then confidence-wise, they might be at like a thirty percent on whether you're delivering. Mm-hmm. If you really think about all of the elements and you come through with a package to say, "Hey, look, your goal is to sell fifty thousand burgers." Here's how we're going to do that. We're going to have a scratcher game, but there's going to be a, you know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a passive versus active, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a PA read. So maybe somebody didn't play the scratchers this game, but they've heard about it. They've heard your brand. They've heard your logo. Then here's scratchers they're playing. They've gone through that funnel to that next piece. And then, by the way, here's an email follow-up or a social media follow-up toward that goal of buying a burger saying, hey, thanks for playing. By the way, here's another offer. That all leads to the end value, where your sponsor is now more believing that this is going to pencil out because you're not just saying, and this even goes toward a rink board, right? You're not just saying, hey, here's a rink board. You're going to be seen. 
well, here's a rank board every time somebody goes by it, every time a TV pans by it. By the way, we also have a scoreboard read that is helping for every time somebody sees that board, kind of building that story toward this is how it's going to pencil out for you. That, I imagine, helps the buyer, one, pitch that to their whoever it's their boss to say, I like this sponsorship package because here's all the ways that it could lead to that goal. Right. As opposed to going in and saying, well, they just want to do a scratcher and they say it's just going to, it's going to get us to 50,000 burger sales. Right. That's a way more believable story as you sort of build that entire package around this is no easy feat to get people into your store, as you know, for marketing. Here's all the ways in which we can hit somebody and build that. And then, as you said, build the price around that value right. rather than just a quick transaction on that it, side. It also helps to ask in, in any any business um, that's that's got it going on at any reasonable level should know the answers to questions like what I'm about to say. You know, what what is the typical coupon redemption rate? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to sell 50,000 burgers, how many coupons out there does it take to result in 50,000 redemptions? Mm-hmm. Maybe if that's what you're doing. And mm-hmm. maybe it's a you know, free fries with your burger offer yep. or whatever it may be. Yep. But, you know, that way you just know, all right, if, if they're getting, if they're thrilled with like 5 or 8 or 10%, whatever the number may be, all right, how many do I need to distribute to then, you know, get that end result. Mm-hmm. How much input do I have to have? It's the old bird and elephant thing mm-hmm. that I mentioned just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how many coupons do I need to get out there in order to get that desired end result? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're Nick Lawson Heating and Cooling, are you going to sell 50,000 uh, uh, you know, yeah, furnaces, so, yeah. uh, heat pumps or whatever uh, as <laughs> a result of this? Amazing. Well, wouldn't that be something and we'd all be winning awards for that. Right. But the reality is it's a much different business model. Mm-hmm. It's probably more of a, uh, you know, save $100 type yeah. of an offer or something along those lines. Uh, maybe you're signing somebody up for a, you know, a free evaluation or a free mm-hmm. price quote. So then the question becomes, if you want to ultimately sell X number of, of heat pumps uh, at the end of this uh, campaign, how many qualified leads do you need to get? How do you qualify the lead? What does that look like? And again, work the numbers backwards, and then show that sponsor uh, that hey, look, you know, th- this thing with a with a the right elements of, of uh, in-game and out-of-game promotion, you know, social media in support of it, so on and so forth, um, along with uh, some good pricing, as I think we've discussed before mm-hmm. that the that the offer has to be good. Uh, if you're giving away empty mayonnaise jars as your prize, okay. not good. If you're giving away something with some decent value, doesn't have to be huge, could be a buy one, get one on a smaller item, whatever, on up to you know, some pretty good prizes to get people. I mean, that's why people pay, play the Powerball uh, so much more when that, uh, when that jackpot gets up to a certain level. Right? Same thing. You put the... You put the good prize offer out there, and you'll get more people playing. Um, but again, it's a matter of, of knowing up front, you know, what's your expectation, what does success look like, um, making sure that you as the salesperson manage that success, make sure that you are building the value, not just of the one particular piece, digital piece, but also all the other surrounding uh, pieces that go to support 
this digital piece, showing them that value. Basically, you want to build that value up, and not in any kind of a you know crazy way, but I mean realistically. Yeah. Uh, you want to build that value up so much so that when you do show the price, that customer is basically saying, "Wow, that's pretty reasonable." And I am getting yeah. a lot of value out of this. And that brings it back to, again, the, the believability piece of it, right? If you're going to drop a $60,000, $70,000 price tag, let's say, for a, a car car dealership, um, obviously to recoup that, it's going to take a couple of cars to, to right. sell and, and do that. If, if, you're, if you're just offering the package of fifty k for a rink board, that's not a great story for how that's going to lead to a sale, right? Um, so being able to work that backwards and understanding which assets are going to lead to that, right? Yeah. Uh, what I always say is, you know, although you can use a scratch and win to get people to car dealerships, yeah. a coupon, nobody's ever going to buy a car from a coupon. No. Couponing, you know? if you want to work with a car dealer and have a couponing sort of a thing on a new car, mm -hmm. well, I don't know. I mean, is it a $500 coupon? That's some decent value. Right. And I mean, maybe it's one of these, you know, work your best deal and then show this coupon to save $500 kind of a thing. I've heard of, of some sponsors and some dealerships doing that. Mm -hmm. But uh, don't forget, there's a lot of money uh, in automotive in the service department. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the dollars that a dealership makes off of service and financing is pretty significant. Yeah. So, so maybe what you're doing is is towards a uh, you know an oil change mm -hmm. discount or something along those lines. If you want some of the smaller ticket kind of things, mm -hmm. you know, again, five hundred bucks off a car. Well, it, it might be the the just that right amount of money that mm -hmm. uh, uh, tips somebody to at least consider going to a dealership uh, X Y Z in addition to maybe. Others that they've already visited, but that's up for the that's to the for the dealer to, to determine. Exactly, and and that's you know, again telling that story of hey, some some people are going to win five hundred dollars off a car, but we're also going to have you know digital social media elements, so we can build that brand up, right? Right, and, and support them as a sponsor, and, and obviously you know influence some of our fans to say to Toyota or Mazda, whoever it is, is the dealership. Not only are we going to give you value of 500, but we're also going to do some behind-the-scenes stuff with Toyota, so you're building that relationship. And right. really, when we think about penciling out, obviously there's the financial piece to it, but I think one of the more important things is does the story pencil out? Yeah. You know, in all of advertising sales and all of marketing, the brand manager is trying to figure out that formula of saying, if I'm going to bet my dollars, where am I going to bet them that they're going to have a good return? Right. And telling that story from front to back of on a macro level, fans are on their phone. And you guys know that, we know that, that's why we're offering digital assets. But also we understand that you don't sell a car off of a coupon. So we're gonna add some of these rink board signs, we're gonna add some of these other social media platforms and, and announcements and things like that. We're gonna run commercials on the replay screen during intermission. Exactly. And now here's the story of a fan has walked into the arena and they're close to buying a car or they're thinking about who should I buy from. Now you're telling an entire story through your assets to where financially selling five cars makes a lot more sense now, yep. as opposed to just, as you said, going in and saying, here's a transaction, here's one thing, I think it'll work toward that. Um, so maybe penciling out isn't just the financial of five cars, it's really penciling out what's that story.
Yeah. How can you make it more believable to the sponsor that this will work out for them in the end? Something to think about too, and a lot of sponsors, some some sponsors will do this and others won't, is what is the lifetime value of that customer? Yep. Um, for example, using automotive. Um, if you've got them coming in to purchase a vehicle, um, it's not just what are you making on the vehicle itself, what are you making on potentially financing for that vehicle, what are you making on some service for that vehicle, you know, what's, what's the overall value beyond just the one-time, that, yeah. that day transaction. Same with like a, a quick service restaurant, mm -hmm. you know, what's the... Um, Lifetime value of if you're going to give free fries with uh, a burger purchase with this coupon, um, you know how much is it worth to over the over the course of time mm -hmm. to get that person in sampling your product, yeah. perhaps for the first time, uh, you know that that adds value to it as well beyond just the one time that day transaction. Yeah, and bringing and, and again going back to that journey, right? Bringing them through the journey of First, you know, long-time Winterhawks fans, you're, you're a brand-new client. You're a brand-new sponsor. What I want to do is start to get them into your restaurant, and I want to get them in multiple times. And here's a few things we're going to do to get them in multiple times. I think one thing that you guys do really well with uh, Papa John's is, is just showing the, the players making pizza mm -hmm. in the store so you're getting that relationship of, like, hey, they actually spin the dough and make this pizza. And then, you know, they do a surprise of, I think it's a birthday party. Yeah, we have, uh, Papa John's sponsors our, uh, our birthday party package here mm -hmm. at the Winterhawks. So what we do before the season is we show some of the players in the restaurant making the pizzas, and then uh, uh, we do a surprise delivery mm -hmm. to a birthday party with the players. Yep. And the mascot and everybody else. And you guys... Film that and then show it all season long up on the board. Yeah, and that you know, to me, that that story of hey, you guys are trying to sell pizza, but obviously you can do coupons. But what you really want to do is separate yourself from a Pizza Hut or a Domino's. How are you much better? Yeah. Well, you're better because obviously, hey, we actually really make our dough, and mm -hmm. you see the players in that process, and then from there, if you're having a party, you got to do Papa John's because it's a great time, and. Go. Building that story in is Papa John's is going to be like, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Families wise, people like the players that are making, you know, spinning the dough. This is building great affinity so that the next time I say, hey, we should order a pizza, who's that going to be from? Then how many pizzas do you think we can sell from that? Well, if this is being shown X amount of times in the arena and there's X amount of people each game, those numbers pencil out really well, yeah. but obviously, if you just came in and said we're going to play some, we're going to play some pre-roll. There's this many people; it should sell this many pizzas. That's a sponsor is probably going to have a, a lower confidence level that that is going to sell pizzas, as opposed to hey, we're going to build this story around birthday parties, yeah. good ingredients, things like yeah. that. So it it almost seems like more important than just the numbers and, and the quantitative is. Understanding how it all fits in, yep. kind of toward that story. Yeah, on that end. Yeah, so there you go. Problem yeah. solved. Problem solved. There we go. On that, and go sell something. Hopefully, that helps <laughs> on renewals. I know it's renewal season for a ton of teams and leagues right now. Well, that's uh, good now there. Yeah, I mean, and even if you're in the middle of your season, you know, if you're working for a baseball team, mm -hmm. uh, you're always looking for. You're always prospecting. You're always yep. looking for that next piece of business. Yep. Um, in fact, I just I had a conversation with uh, 
another team in the Western Hockey League uh, during our meetings last week up in Kelowna, and we were talking about, you know, well, when do you do renewals and when do you do your prospecting? And I said, 12 months a year. Yep. You know, I mean, especially for a sport like hockey where you are, um, you know, you're spanning two calendar years yep. and maybe you are uh, talking to a sponsor prospect who budgets and has a fiscal year that is the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we start our season late September. Uh, it's not unusual for me to be pitching uh, new sponsors and, and even renewals in September, October, knowing that they got to set their budgets in December. Uh, and this would be for something that doesn't even start until September of the following year. Yep, 100%. I mean, for for a lot of the teams, and a lot of people assume that, well, my sales season for my business is only in off-season and renewal. Well, yeah, it picks up there, but sure. we've, had, we've had teams a month into the season close a sponsor with, you know, one of our scratching wins because... Yeah. They're having this conversation throughout the you know entire off season. It's built into the season, and this is when they signed on to go do the rest of it. So it's it's intriguing how you know whether in or out of the industry or you're new to the industry, it should be a twenty four seven thing where you're constantly thinking how can I bring value to prospecting partners as well as my current partners to be able to get this stuff in front of them. There you go. So cool, awesome. That does it for this week. Speaking of prospecting. Um, would love to chat next week about, Rich, your process here, as well as what you've seen uh, for prospecting those le- those leads um, as far as, one, you know, looking at industries and fit, but then, two, from a digital side, how do you kind of prospect to say, hey, I think this is going to work really well and bring that sponsor in because of X, Y, and Z. So what's that process? Let's say you're in sponsorship you've either been in for five years and you're looking for a new way to kind of look at prospecting or it's your first time and saying, where do I get started? Obviously your sponsorship vice president and manager should be kind of taking you through that process, but just going through your process, what does that look like as you're looking towards sponsors in the area? And here's a, here's a hint. There's a difference between a prospect and a suspect. Yes. And we'll talk about that. (laughs) I like that. That's a very, very good, good way to put it uh, in all of sales. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening uh, for this week of the Inches Podcast. Again, keep sharing this. Uh, love it when, when people tell us they're listening and we're adding value. That's the goal here. On that side, Rich, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they get a hold of you? Well, I'm right here on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, Rich Franklin, uh, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships with the Portland Winterhawks hockey team. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go the email route and, and contact me directly, have a question or whatever, my email address is richf. R-I-C-H-F at winterhawks.com. Awesome. And I'm Nick Lawson. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's usually the best way as we're putting out this content. Nick Lawson, co-founder of Squad Sports. Thanks so much for your time this week. Really appreciate it. We'll tune in next week to chat about prospecting. But until then, keep pushing the limits of sports sponsorship. <laughs>